chapter 19. And I wanted to look at the topic of how the Spirit helps. Um, I want to read you something in Acts 19 here, where if you'll remember the record here, where the great uh, orator Apollos was here, and he had taught God's Word, and then after Apollos had left that area, Paul came, and it says in chapter 19, verse 1, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, because he had gone there from here, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. As an interesting, you know, statement, like in that particular case, these guys didn't know anything about Holy Spirit. And so if you read the rest of the record, which we're not going to, he teaches them about it and so forth. But the sad truth is that that truth of, oh, we don't know that there is a Holy Spirit, is even true for Christians who have received Holy Spirit. They rece- you receive Holy Spirit very simply by believing that in Jesus as our Lord and that God raised Him from the dead and we receive it. But a lot of times that ability of having Holy Spirit, Christ in you, is left unattended. People are unaware of the truth that they knew and now have a new life form that can help and that is a bigger part of your life than the body and soul ever could have been. Look at uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ taught some pointed lessons about Holy Spirit. John 14. Let's just look at a few things that he mentioned about this wonderful Holy Spirit that was going to be made available after he had done what God had asked him to do. In John fourteen twelve. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. The Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever. If you shall ask anything in my name, anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So he's telling them about this spirit that he was going to make available, that he may be abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. He told him that he was going to manifest himself to those people. Judas, good question, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Well, that's a good question. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's how the manifestation was going to happen 
to them and not to the world, from within, God and Christ in you. That's what he was, he was talking about, the coming of the Comforter, Holy Spirit. Verse uh, 24, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, here he is again, still talking about this, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach, or it shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. The pri- he, he said he's going to teach you all things. Bring into remembrance. So, you know, Jesus Christ was preparing these guys, and anybody who had eyes to hear, see and ears li- you know, to listen, for the coming of a reality that was going to be the most amazing event that had happened since way back in Genesis. So this, so it's not just some kind of thing, oh, you know, it's kind of cool, I got this. No, it's way bigger than that. This thing that God made available by the work of Jesus Christ. So teach you all things. Think about that. You, need, you, need, you, need, you, need, you want understanding in something? You want to be taught about something? You want to understand what Jesus Christ was talking about when he was speaking? Guess what you have? The Holy Spirit that can help you understand those things. Can, it, it, isn't that what it says? Teach you all things. Look at uh, John 15. Last verse, and, sorry, 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. That Spirit, that, is going, that word testify is witness, witness of me. That Spirit proved that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. And we'll see that in a second again as well. It was going to witness, testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at John 16. Down in verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient or profitable for you that I go away. Okay. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And we know if you read Acts, that it was God who gave it to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ shed that forth on the day of Pentecost. We know that. I will send him unto you. And when he is come, or it is come, that Spirit is come, it, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So what does that mean? He will reprove the world, world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Well, he explains it. Of sin, verse 9, because they believe not on me. Jesus Christ was the Savior from sin, and they did not believe on him. They didn't believe on him. But God raised him from the dead, and then the Spirit was made available. Guess what? It judged the entire world of sin. All of it. Because what Jesus Christ said was going to happen happened exactly like He said it was going to happen. So the giving of the Spirit judged the entire world of sin. And then it says of righteousness. Where are we? Verse 10. Of righteousness. Why? Because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. He was righteous. The world turned against Him and had Him crucified and yet God said, You 
are righteous. And guess what he says? It's going to judge the world or, of, of righteousness because I go to my Father. Because you see, what I said to you is true. God raised him from the dead. And then because of that, the Holy Spirit was given. And the third thing he says here is of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. You see, it says in the Bible that if Jesus Christ, if, if the devil had known what Jesus Christ was going to do, he would never have crucified him. And he says, guess what? The Spirit's going to be given. It's going to come and it's going to judge the prince of this world because he made a serious mistake in crucifying me. It's going to judge him because now he knows what his end is going to, ha- is going to be because by the work of Jesus Christ. So that giving of the Spirit judges the world of sin, of righteousness, and it judges the prince of the world as well. Look at the very important um, event that the giving of the Holy Spirit was. How the Spirit, all that God had done wrapped up in the work of Jesus Christ had such sweeping effects. It's hard to get a handle on all the sweeping effects that it had. But Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And then the New Testament, essentially a lot of it is oriented towards helping us you know, as we heard the manifestations, to walk by that spirit that has been given to us. You know, to, to um, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the glory of the but sorry from up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse five: For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. How do you how do you not serve sin? How do you do that? How is it possible for us to not serve sin? No, I mean, the, the whole idea of, well, now, now you have this thing, now you, you're going to go out there. And, you can't do that by the flesh. You can't not serve sin by the flesh. There's no double negative for you there. You can't. It's, you can't it's, it's not something that you can accomplish without Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the whole point where he says here, where the, where the Word of God says here, reign in newness of life. You can't reign in newness of life without Holy Spirit. It's not possible. Otherwise, you'd be back to, in the Old Testament, they, they, couldn't, the law, they couldn't do it by law, could they? It wasn't possible. So God said, now you got this, now, guess what? Now you can reign in newness of life. Now you can not allow sin to have dominion over us. Look at verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died unto sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. So likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. How? But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. By what He did, by making the Spirit available to us, we now can reign in units of life. We now can walk. So sin does not have dominion over us. But you can't do that by the flesh. 
It has to be by Spirit, by Holy Spirit, in Romans chapter 8. You know, do you think that Jesus Christ was able to walk the way he did because he was just such an amazing, so many amazing, you know, he's just an amazing guy, amazing abilities. Well, if you read Luke chapter 3, it says that the Spirit came upon Jesus Christ. And it says that, and this is when God said, He's my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. And then in chapter 4, He starts His public ministry. What does He say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then He says, okay, here we go. Do you think He did what He did without Holy Spirit? No. Jesus Christ couldn't have done that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then He says, okay, now we're going to get to this. And that was the start of his public ministry, receiving the Spirit. You can't walk with God and do the things that God wants us to do and do what the Word of God encourages us to do without recognizing that we have the Comforter, the Holy Spirit within. And that is something that helps us in this. It's not just something like, oh, it's kind of a nice thing. Isn't it cool that we... No, it's way bigger than that. And if we don't understand, you know, people make fun of the manifestations a lot of times. You know, they say, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. And they don't recognize that this, this, you know, this interpretation of tongues, prophecy, speaking in tongues, it's, it's, it's God saying, okay, I've given you Holy Spirit. Learn how to use it so you can walk in this life. By the way, it also blesses the church and edifies you not to mention that. You know, you couldn't figure that out. You can't. How could we possibly even figure that out? You can't figure that out. But God says, okay, why are you speaking tongues a lot in your life? Why? Well, it builds you up. It edifies you. You should do that. Okay. Could you edify yourself spiritually? How are you going to do it? God says, I'll make it easy for you. You don't have to even think about it. God knows man really well. Because he knows if man had to think about it, it would mess it up. You don't have to even think about it. You can speak in tongues and edify yourself. Then you can speak, interpret and you can prophesy. You know, and God encourages us time and you know, comfort the church. Bless the church. Be zealous. Get excited about these things. Get zealous. Be the one who wants to speak in tongues and interpret. Be the one who wants to prophesy. So you can say, yeah, I want to do this because I, I know how God's Spirit works in me and I want to learn better how it works within me so I can walk better for Him. You know, and that's, what, that's the Spirit. You can't do that without Spirit. And the rest of the manifestations, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. I mean, how could you possibly, you know, how many records in God's Word do you know where it was not possible for the person involved to ever have gotten the information needed by the five senses? How many are there? Just page after page after page, isn't there? So how could we ever think that we could reign in this life and not let sin reign without walking by Holy Spirit? Of course, faith, miracles, healing. How do you how do you even do that? How do you even begin? Even Jesus Christ, you know, we you know we you know some we were looking at the uh, some of the records recently. The five records of the blind men, all executed in different ways. How could anybody ever explain that without that God knows exactly what's required in the situation? And it is very important that we learn how to hear from Him and walk with Him. The Spirit helps. The Spirit is there to help us. The comforter, the encourager, as some translations say. It's there to help us. To encourage. It's not there to you know, uh, just be like we always were before. It's to help us. 
and we ought to recognize that help daily. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The rest of the verse is not in the text. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And there is the decision that you and I make every moment. Could you walk in the flesh if you wanted to? Could you? Yes, you, you certainly can. I think we've all proven that sufficiently in our lives. Whether we have or not, it, you can. You should. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look at the benefits of walking by the Spirit versus walking by the flesh. Because the carnal mind is enmity or you know, at odds against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, this is an interesting verse, but you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. So that sound makes it sound like, well, you shouldn't have that problem because you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. Well, that's not what it means. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. There's a great translation if you read Weymouth. Weymouth translates like this. You, however, are not devoted to earthly, but to spiritual things. Now, we all know you could be. You could be devoted to earthly things, could you not? You could do your entire thing. You could devote yourself entirely to earthly matters. God's statement right here, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of, none of his. So, Weymouth translates it again. You, are, you, however, are not devoted to earthly, but to spiritual things. If the Spirit of God is really dwelling in you, whereas if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, such a one does not belong to him. But you and I, who have made Jesus our Lord, had the Spirit, belong to Him, and have the ability now to not be directed by our flesh, and to not allow the flesh to reign, and not allow sin in our lives to reign. Let's keep reading here. This is a great section. And if the Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you does it dwell in you yes. yes it does look what it says here he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you what a great promise the spirit of god how does it help look at this it says here that it quickens or makes alive your mortal body there's a promise that we should think about every single day of our lives. The Spirit of God makes, quickens or makes alive your mortal body day after day after day. Ephesians says, strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Says it another way. Said a lot of different ways. The Spirit quickens, makes alive your mortal body. 
It's not just something, oh, it's kind of... It is a living, vital reality in the life of every believer. It has to be. And we have to understand the ascendancy of spirit in our lives. That's what God wants. He wants us to walk by... Otherwise, why would God have invested so much time over hundreds of years to have made this available for his man? Why would he have done it? It was just like, oh, that's kind of nice. A lot of Christians still today, we haven't really heard whether they're being Holy Spirit. Well, it's a lot bigger than that. Verse 12, Therefore, debtors, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. So you could, couldn't you? <laughs> but if you, through the Spirit, and here it is again, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. You can't do it without Holy Spirit. But with Holy Spirit, yes, you can. You shall live. And for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. You know, Pentecost was one of the most critical points in history that ever took place. You know, and despite that, a lot of times Christians think that since they got born again, or and a lot of Christians do believe, you know, I've got eternal life, going to heaven, they think then it's just after you're born again, it's just working really hard, hard as you possibly can to, uh, to walk the Christian walk. And they forget about the comforter, the encourager, the things that, that Jesus Christ went through to make available for mankind to help us in that endeavor. If it was just in the um, fleshly side, isn't the mind in the side of the flesh? So then if it was just about being very much, you know, hard-willed and determined and courageous and bold and all that, can't you do all those things without spirit? Aren't those, they're just characters of the flesh, aren't they? How much more could you accomplish by recognizing that, yeah, those are great characteristics, but only if you're walking with God. Only if you're walking with what God wants you to do. And then, wow, amazing. Those are all wonderful characteristics, but based on the truth that you have Holy Spirit. And without that, you can try as hard as you want and you can burn out and be all those things burnt out in life, recognizing Holy Spirit. God gave it for a thousand years. How much time did He invest in effort to get us to the point that we could again be children of God, be, be children of God and have direct fellowship, direct access to Him? You know, very, very important to understand. Look at Galatians chapter 5. A few more verses. Galatians chapter 5. Okay. You know, and again, I mentioned all the things in the, in the church epistles. Essentially direct us to um, just how much influence the Spirit has in our daily lives. Like, you know, the Bible says that there's neither male nor female, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. There's, you are all the one in Christ Jesus. 
what a great equalizer. How it is help? It's it's an equalizer. Spirit. It is see the spirit. How the spirit has ascendancy over the flesh. Called the, all all those attributes like you know Barbera and Scythian bond. Those are fleshly attributes. And it says you're all one. Spirit has ascendancy. It, it is the greater concern. It should be the greater concern in our lives. It says by spirit we have direct access to Him. It says we're children of God, joint heirs with Christ. It says that um, it's the earnest. We're going to get a lot, lot more blessings coming, and that's the promise that those blessings are coming. You know, it goes on and on and on. It says that we're think of one another according to the Spirit, according to Christ Jesus. I don't look at you as so-and-so and does this first. I look at you as a brother or sister who has the Spirit of the living God within them. And that's how we see one another, because it has a tendency. The flesh stuff is very secondary. The fact that you have Christ in you, that truth, transcends all those other things. In, a, in a Galatians chapter, what did I say, 5? Yeah. 5 verse 16. <clears throat> this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it works the other way, you see? You try to do one the other way, and you can't. If you walk in the Spirit, then guess what? The natural outcrop of that is, you're not going to have the, 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 the deeds of the flesh be ascended in your life, because you're walking by the Spirit which God gave. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, that you cannot do the things you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So if we want to walk and constitute on the flesh, here's what we have to look forward to. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and so and such like. And other things. So if we want to concentrate on that side, we can enjoy the benefits. And there they are. We'll skip over those quickly. And such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. So on the other side, <clears throat> the benefits of walking by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance against such there is who who doesn't want those things in their life? If we concentrate on fleshly things and all the oh, we're, I'm, I'm really really strong I can I can do this I can bring peace to myself I can bring temperance you will burn out and be tired. But if you concentrate on the things of God, the things of the Spirit, and recognize that you have this Spirit of living God. This is the outcrop, the fruit, the result, if you will, of, of sowing to the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. By their own ability? No. But by walking in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. For certainly we live in it. Now it's our option to walk in the Spirit. We'll close in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now some of those records, those records that we've looked at in the Old Testament over the years and even New Testament, 
without understanding spirit, they, they don't make any sense. And, and that's why a lot of Christians don't understand what's going on because they haven't been taught the very basic truth of the importance of Holy Spirit. You know, and you know, I was speaking to a Christian last week and it was like, yeah, you know, but it's kind of interesting. But if God should choose not to do that, you know, the healing or not, then you got to also be just as actively concerned about medical. I said, well, yeah, it's an interesting thought. But God has already told me what the Bible says about healing and deliverance. So it's not like he's going to change his mind on something that he's made true. He might need specific information, absolutely. You know, and so the world always tries, and you know, just how many conversations have you had with people in your life where people will try to explain away the things of the Spirit? They try to explain it away. Come up with some kind of logical reason without understanding the working of God and the manifestations of Holy Spirit and all that God did to make Spirit available, those records make no sense. And how could you even look at those men and women in the Bible and say, I'd like to walk like that if you don't have an understanding of the benefits of having Holy Spirit? And Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. How does God work in within you does he make you move your arms around like this when you do something does he make your feet go one in front of the other does he grab you and throw you places how does he work in you how can God work in you to, both to will first of all to give you a desire to do what he would have you to do and then also to accomplish that desire by way of Holy Spirit you are his child that spirit that God has given you is the comforter, it's the helper. It brings you into remembrance of things Jesus Christ taught. It enables you with the nine manifestations. It has, you know, it, it is the thing that judged the world. All the great work Jesus Christ had done, it was because of the giving of Holy Spirit that that came into fruition. And by that Holy Spirit, God can both work in you, first of all, to will to do what He wants you to do, and then to carry that out as well, if we let Him work in us to do that. If we choose, we're going to agree. Yeah, today I'm going to do my best to walk by the Spirit and do exactly what God would have me to do today. As opposed to on the other side where, you know, I have a lot of great abilities. I'm sure I can accomplish this day kind of one-third on Spirit and two-thirds on flesh. I should be good. I should be, no. It, is, it transcends. It has the ascendancy. It is supposed to have the ascendancy in our lives. So the Spirit, how the Spirit helps, oh my goodness, in, in so many ways, right? And we ought to continue to grow in our ability to walk by that Spirit. So, that's it. Amen.